Par for the course, it's the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. The Admiral Horatio Lord Nelson of Medicare podcasts. His godfather in Oklahoma fixed the knees of Gail Sayers, Medicare expert Doug Jones. Hello, hello, hello. It's the Medicare for the Lazy Men podcast once again. Thank you so much for joining us. And thank you to Drew McMillan for introducing this particular episode. I am what Drew said. I am Doug Jones, your Medicare expert. And I am happy to be the one to lead you along the primrose path from the land of um, Medicare concern and trepidation to the land of Medicare bliss and milk and honey. And I think that that uh, process of uh, having you feel good about Medicare is going to be easily achieved by you once you buy my book, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023. Just go to Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, put that into the search window, Medicare, uh, Medicare for the Lazy Man 2023, and you're going to find the books that I wrote just for you. And you can either spend a lot of money. We've got a hardcover book that even my wife was impressed by. I put one on the counter the other day, and I went out of the room, came back, and she was thumbing through the book saying, this is really nice. And frankly, to have her compliment me on something that I created is a very unusual and noteworthy achievement. So I believe that your uh, gift recipients will feel the same way. If you should buy a hardcover book at Amazon and uh, wrap it up nicely and give it to someone who maybe has a, a birthday coming up and it doesn't have to be a 65th birthday, it can be a 64th birthday, sometimes a 63rd birthday. A lot of people are thinking about Medicare long before they actually have to pull the trigger on it. Or if you're going to give a gift to somebody who's been working, say, uh, into their late 60s or early 70s and they decide to retire, it makes an ideal gift for somebody who's going to think about what to do about Medicare. Because frankly, when somebody works for a company, they have the company health insurance plan after age 65. And uh, it's when they leave that plan, it's just like when they turn age 65, the world is their oyster. There is no health problem or uh, any other problem that can cause them to have fewer options and choices. It's like a clean slate when they leave that plan and go on Medicare. So what are we here to talk about? We're here to talk about Medicare and Medicare insurance that I help people get. And I help them get it when they're uh, about ready to decide that Medicare enrollment is upon them. So that's going to be the latter part of their 64th year. People are uh, dead serious about Medicare in many respects at uh, they're either their 64th year or when they're planning to leave their employer's plan. And that's when they should contact me and uh, go to my wonderful website that my friend Randy designed. And that would be Medicare for the lazy and click on ask for a quote or get a quote and answer a few personal questions. And then you will have some uh, Medicare information without being bothered, as it says, by any annoying insurance people. 
So, Randy, I do love my website. It's uh, certainly slim, trim, and uh, it does everything that it needs to do without being overbearing or too complex. So good work on your part. Well, thanks, Doug. I appreciate that. You know, we've done a lot of work on that, and I have to say that the 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 creative part, the look and feel part, is primarily Doug, and I think that uh, it's got a great look and feel to it, and it's it's clean, it's precise, it's not too wordy, and um, my thing in the back end is nothing you're going to say, oh, well, I saw that happen, because you won't see it happen, <laughs> but Doug, <laughs> Doug did very good with the look and feel of it, I think. Well, you did an excellent job climbing up your ladder and taking a photograph of the current book cover to put it on the landing page. I know that that's a very involved project you get involved with every oh, year. Oh, yeah, yeah. I have I, the mood. The sun has to be just right. I'm back in my backyard, right, you know, hovered over the swimming pool with a with a ladder, you know, with, with the book cover laying down just appropriate so I can get the shadow just right. And someday somehow I know that I'm going to hit that pool doing this, but I haven't yet. Well, if you do it in warm weather, that of course, that's my fault for getting the new book finished right before the end of the year. But if you were to do that in warm weather, uh, hitting the pool would actually be a little uh, fringe benefit of the, of the project. Wouldn't you think? Well, yes, it, yes, absolutely. It would. And uh, I think that we may just may take a, you know, a half media, you know, a half year vote picture of that, you know, like in June. Sure. And accidentally you know, fall into the pool, huh? Accidentally fall in the pool. Yeah, I think that'll be a good idea. Pardon but, me, uh, I was I was distracted by one of my comelier neighbors walking her dog. Oh, oh, I see. So, and uh, the neighbor doesn't look so bad either, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> okay, well, let's get to it, shall we? We have uh, Medicare. Uh, subjects to discuss now last time it was kind of fun because i said randy why don't you look at the list of subjects i've got here and you tell me what you'd like to talk about and so you did i don't know if we have a wide enough variety left do you want to do that or do you want me to pick them out what do you want to do i well i did i did have a mental list of the ones i wanted to cover okay uh so you know I had it all lined up in my head, and and now I've forgotten which one I wanted to cover. Oh yeah, I remember now, the new <laughs> Alzheimer's drug. Oh boy, there you go. Well, if you, uh, I'm going to ask you later on uh, about this, and we'll see if you remember then about what we discussed. So let me. Ah, here we go. Here we go. This may take up the whole episode, but frankly, it's. Um, Something that a lot of people our age often concern themselves with, will I get Alzheimer's or will I get dementia? There are different kinds of dementia. There's uh, vascular dementia is one type of dementia that I hadn't been aware of until my mother kind of got it. Her mother and her aunt got Alzheimer's. So I think she was always worried about Alzheimer's, but there is hope on the horizon, I guess, according to this article. So it says... New drug slows Alzheimer's, but it comes with caveats. So a new Alzheimer's drug is hitting the market, the first with clear-cut evidence that it can slow by several months the mind-robbing disease. It's a long-needed new treatment, but experts are voicing a lot of caution. The drug isn't a cure. It's only intended for early-stage patients. It requires IV doses every two weeks, and it comes with some safety concerns. 
It's not even clear how noticeable that modest benefit will be in people's everyday lives, but still, it's a landmark. Uh, It's not enough, but it's encouraging that there is something that we can do. Here are some things to know about the FDA's approval of this drug. It's going to be sold under the brand name Lekembi. It's L-E-Q-E-M-B-I, Lekembi. The uh, manufacturer's name is Lekanemab, <laughs> L-E-C-A-N-E-M-A-B. So how does the new drug work? The drug is made by a company in Japan and its U.S. partner, Biogen. It's designed to target and clear away a sticky protein called beta amyloid that builds up into brain-clogging plaques. That's one key hallmark of Alzheimer's disease. It targets slightly different, a slightly different form of that amyloid, possibly explaining why it proved successful in a rigorous study while a long list of prior amyloid-targeting drugs have failed. Um, the FDA cleared a similar drug named Aduhelm in 2021, and we've heard all about that. They used it as an excuse to jack up the uh, premiums on Medicare Part B with the expectation that Aduhelm would be um, uh, widely distributed, that Medicare was going to have to pay for it, and that kind of didn't happen, I don't believe. So anyway, uh, the FDA cleared a similar drug named Aduhelm in 2021, even though studies never proved that it really helped patients. This was a move that triggered scathing criticism from a congressional investigation. How effective is it? Uh, in this doctor's 18, or in this company, I don't know, this uh, 18-month study of nearly 1,800 people, this drug appeared to delay early-stage patients from getting worse by about five months. Now, that was measured on an 18-point scale that tracks cognitive and functional abilities. People who got the drug still worsened, but not as rapidly as those given dummy versions a difference of nearly half a point on a scale by study's end. Experts are divided over how meaningful a benefit that is. It may be hard for families to tell if a loved one's decline has slowed. The other experts uh, say that slowing the disease early on when people still function well is important, even if it's not that easy to spot. Several months with better cognition. What's that worth to you? I think there, uh, I think there you can get a strong argument. If I can interact with my family, be independent for months, that's a very meaningful outcome. So what are the risks? Like other amyloid-targeting medications, this one can cause brain swelling or small brain bleeds. In the study, 13% of drug recipients had swelling and 17% had small brain bleeds. The likely reason is amyloid plaques usually form around nerve cells in the brain. But sometimes the gunk gets inside the blood vessels, too. Pulling amyloids out of the blood vessels can weaken them, making them leaky. While the brain swelling and bleeds may occur, only minimal symptoms such as dizziness and vision problems, oh, may cause only minimal vision such as dizziness and vision problems, they occasionally can be severe. And several of these, the drug's users have died while taking the drug, including two who were on blood-thinning medications. Uh, They've said that the deaths cannot be attributed to uh, its Alzheimer's drug, 
But this doctor also said the greatest risk of serious bleeding would be among uh, the drugs users who also take blood thinners. Uh, patients also may experience temporary reactions after the infusion that inc- include fever, flu-like chills, nausea, and blood pressure pressure fluctuations. So who is eligible? The drug is only intended for people in the very early stages of Alzheimer's who also have that very that telltale amyloid buildup. Um, let's see. Um, they also say that the drug should be available by January 23rd, which is four days before my birthday. I hope nobody gets it for me as a birthday present because I'll be disappointed that that's what they think of me. Although if it's true, I may not remember it anyway. Um, most patients will likely have to wait months to get it. Uh, That's because health insurers are expected to scrutinize the drug's effectiveness before deciding whether to cover it, for which patients and for what testing they may require to confirm they are good candidates. And Medicare, which covers most people with Alzheimer's, is not expected to pay for the drug until later this year. That's because the plan for seniors only pays for Alzheimer's drugs that have received full approval from the FDA. While the agency granted this drug's approval using a shortcut based on preliminary study results, the FDA is set to review that larger 18-month study soon in anticipation of full approval later this year. How much will the drug cost? I don't think you want to know right now. But as with Eduhelm, I'm sure the horribly extravagant price or extraordinarily high price will come down sooner rather than later. All righty. I don't know if... uh, (laughs) Put a check mark next to that so that you remember that we discussed the Alzheimer's drug. Oh, well, yeah, I'm glad I remembered that I wanted to talk about that. I'll, I'll mark it off my list here. Uh, but I do have a question. Ask away. It's always been said that it's almost impossible to prove a negative. So when they're trying to test this, obviously, I know they're doing eight, you know, blind studies and all uh-huh. that stuff. But uh-huh. Uh, as everyone as everyone knows, Alzheimer's are, is very unpredictable. So I'm just curious how they decided that it improved people's ability not to go there by about four to five months. And I, I, that just confuses me because it's almost impossible to compare apples and apples and prove a negative. Well, one thing they do is they give people random words to remember for a period of time. And that's how they measure uh, whether the the memory stays with them or the memory is lost. Now, a person like me, <laughs> I'm going to be distracted and I'm going to totally forget it. We we play cards with another couple across the street here, and when we play cards, it's a running joke that we all have Alzheimer's because you're supposed to look at two cards in your hand and then put them back down, and you can't look at them again. And I swear to God, we completely forget what those two cards are every damn time. So it is uh, the testing process is probably not as scientific or as as, uh, precise as one would like, but I know that that's one way they test people. They give them three unrelated words and then have them remember them for some period of time and ask them to read or recite the words back. I think that's one way they measure I can't even remember those, you know, five minutes from now. I know you're you're going to wind up being <laughs> locked up in a loony bin, most likely. I know. So be I nice, be nice to Margaret, and uh, maybe that won't happen. I, I hope so. I hope so. So anyway, I, I was just curious because I don't know how you prove a negative, but that would be one way you could test your hypothesis. 
Sure. And if they are all of a sudden their performance on that test worsened, then you know that the effectiveness of the drug has worn off or it's not working so well anymore. So pick something else from our voluminous list of subjects. Okay. I've got, I'm going to go over to this other sheet now. Okay. And we are going, I think I would like to talk about. Yes. The CDC urges schools to adopt a certain curriculum. Oh, this is a heartwarming, a heartwarming tale. Let me find it in my giant stack of stuff here. And I saw it a few minutes ago, so I know it's here. I just don't know where. Oh, you poophead. Come on. This is, this is very important to Randy and I. Okay, here we are. It was closer to the top than I remembered. <laughs> Maybe I need the Alzheimer's drug, huh? Okay. CDC urges teachers, administrators, school nurses to adopt. Are you ready? LGBT XYZ curriculum and endorse transgender identity. Now let's remember okay. that the CDC okay. is the same bunch of boneheads that lied to us about everything having to do with COVID, including wearing masks and social distancing, and they're still telling lies about it. But now they want to delve further into our freedoms and our, our uh, children's educations, and I can't believe that they're run by such a uh, complete, well, of course, Fauci. You know, <laughs> Need I say more? Uh, so I've got a an article here that's three pages long, but what I really wanted to show, I don't want to read any of this crap because it's just very depressing that our government is uh, trying to do all that. But on in the article, they have a picture of a thing that they created for teachers to help them with this effort to uh, screw around with our American children. And it is called, it's a little animal, cute little stuffed animal that's purple in color. It's called the gender unicorn. And I'm going to hold it up for Randy to see oh, right now. For, oh, for God's it, sakes. Isn't that a cute little thing right there? Oh, yeah. Well, I yeah, it's a cute little deal. But what are they going to do with that? Well, this is a, a boy. This is a girl. We don't know about this one. They've got a whole chart here of things that you're supposed to include in your, your uh, teaching uh, curriculum, I guess. One category is gender identity. Uh, female woman, this whole thing didn't fit on one page. Um, so their gender identity is a uh, female woman, girl, or male man, boy, or other genders. So I guess you got to figure out which of the many, many genders the kid you're talking to is. Then the next category is gender expression. Is this uh, kid feminine, masculine, or other? Uh, and then the sex assigned at birth. Now, you know, it has to be a sign. So I guess you have a, a sex. Okay, assigner. well, that's not the way I ever was taught. It's not assigned. It just kind of happens that yeah, way. Yeah, typically you have to identify it. But in this case, they're saying, hey, it could be assigned by a sex assignment specialist at birth. So uh, female, male, or other slash intersex are the choices. And then is this kid physically attracted to women? or men, or other genders. Now, what the hell other genders would there be? Okay. Well, I, that that is going to be a question forever in my mind. And then emotionally attracted to men, women, or other genders. 
I'm not going to waste any more time reading this garbage, but I just wanted you to be aware that our CDC, our federal government, and our federal tax dollars are being spent to uh, promote this kind of stupidity. Why doesn't that surprise me, Doug? Yeah, I know. I know. Did, did, you, seen... did you read about the first law that our new Arizona governor signed? And it's, uh... it's actually a exactly it's actually an executive order. Was that the one removing the border wall? Uh, no, nothing that exciting. Okay, I give up then. What did our governor... She, she signed an executive order uh, outlawing anybody, any type of discrimination against LBGQ plus you know, and, and contract assignments, uh, employment, all that good stuff. I And that's fine. I don't care, but... Bottom line is, I don't think our government ought to be worrying about this crap. I couldn't agree more, except if it gives me the opportunity to sue you when you don't laugh at my jokes. I make a lot of jokes, and you don't even crack a smile half the time. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking, if I can encourage you to get on board with my sense of humor, it might be worthwhile. I I'll definitely give it my best shot, Doug. Okay, well, thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> God. Okay, there are just a couple of little short things here that I want to be able to cross off my list. I have a new client who is a very, uh, very complimentary guy, complimentary about the book and everything else. He discovered my book and became my client because he was bedridden and he was relegated to the guest room or to a second bedroom in his house and he had nothing to do. And he, uh, my book happened to be laying around. He read it and he was highly impressed and he wants to become my client uh, from now into the future. And he's recovered from the COVID. So that's a good sign. Also, our buddy Steve in Texas, uh, we hear from him fairly frequently. He's a very intellectually curious kind of guy. But I was disappointed with Steve's uh, correspondence on this particular day. Uh, it was just uh, four days ago. He sent me a note saying, uh, we it was referring to our uh, our. Uh, episode about hobbies can hobbies stave off alzheimer's disease or dementia and so we said you know i said personally i don't think so but there's doing they're doing a lot of studying and steve said people say this like you can just pick a hobby off the shelf i've been looking for a hobby since i retired and then he said i took this quiz a couple of times giving different answers to the results and the results are stupid well steve you got to share the quiz with us. You can't just say that you found something stupid. If there's any entertainment value at all in that quiz you took, then please forward the link to it so that we can enjoy ourselves looking for hobbies that uh, might or might not. <laughs> I don't know. We might have some fun with that. So I believe those are the uh, topics that we should address for today. We're probably ticking on the edge of uh, the uh, shutdown of our episode, don't you think? We we have our money is out. You know, we, yeah. again, per usual, we put three quarters in the machine and it's just about out. But I, I thought I would point out that, you know, everybody's picking their new pronouns. Yes, they are. I want to be called sire. Mm. Is so that okay? A, yeah, there's a, a regal <laughs> element to that. I uh, my I've already chosen my pronouns. They are dude and oh, I forgot the other one. I've forgotten one of my pronouns, dude and ah, oh, geez, I'll have to think about it. Well, we, you know one of them, so you just call me dude from now on if you would, please. Okay, all right. So there you go. There you go. So anyway, dude. thank there you, you go, all dude. for joining us. 
Thank you all. <laughs> Thank you, dude, for being on the program today. I really appreciate it. And you bro. folks that are bro, bro, dude, and bro. Those okay. are my two pronouns. That's okay. That makes that makes perfect sense. Already. We are gonna have to shut her down because the 75 cents that we put in the Nickelodeon machine is about out. And they cut us off very unceremoniously when the money's gone. So I want to tell everybody goodbye. I want to thank them for joining us. We talked about the books. We talked about the audios. We talked about everything. But finding a place to give us a rating. And you know what would be so awesomely cool? If it was a five-star rating. And that would just make our day. But in the meantime, you have just spent... 32 and a half minutes with Doug Jones, the anti-insurance insurance guy from Oklahoma, now residing up in the nosebleed altitudes behind Cave Creek, Arizona, still working on his mountain guide license. And someday he will give us an update. But for dude. now, he, he, yeah, dude will give us an update. <laughs> and bro is living in his fortress of solitude. Bye-bye, everyone. See you next time.